Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. What message is this sending to our allies who have fought alongside us and to our American troops who have fought and died for this? And I cannot believe I'm waking up in the morning seeing this kind of news. And I don't care that he ran on pulling troops out. There's a whole different thing. We leave this. This is a great day for ISIS and this is a great day for Assad. And shame on everyone who is supporting this. The president's right about the ISIS fighters. Europe needs to do more. But, um, you know, he's the president of the United States and it requires leadership. Uh, when President Obama was told what would happen in Iraq, it did, and I'm here to say that this is going to lead to the reemergence of ISIS, and the biggest winner of all this will be the Iranians, and that's too bad. It is the Savage Nation, and what a sad day it is. Welcome to the program. I thought that I'd have a very good day, a very good discussion, which we probably will a little later on because I have a best-selling author. Uh, on with me to talk about where fiction meets reality, where reality meets fiction, what is real, uh, what are we watching, where will the shift fake impeachment lead, what does the CIA have to do with this, and things of that nature, which we will do. But then I read that Trump abruptly abandoned the Kurds. He said, we're pulling out of Syria. The Pentagon is opposed to it. You say, well, okay, they're the warmongers, so that must be the right thing to do. And then we see, wait a minute, others are opposed to it, like me, and I'll tell you why. Pat Robertson, the evangelical base, is now questioning Trump. He's now saying, I'm appalled by this. He allowed Khashoggi to be cut in pieces. He may lose the mandate of heaven over Syria. Do you realize how serious this is that the president announced that he's going to pull out all of the American troops from northern Syria and permit Turkey to move in? And they will be responsible for all of the ISIS fighters who are captured and held in prisons in the region. Now, they were captured and detained by Kurdish forces who are allied with America. The Kurds are the most loyal allies we have ever had. And yet the Turks view these Kurdish militias as terrorists. And when we pull out, the Turkish military is liable to run over them and kill them all. Worse yet, the Turkish military is liable to release these 10,000 murderers and rapists and unleash them on the Kurds who, ca- who captured them. So Trump shot back after this this morning when he saw he may have blundered. And please don't sit there and tell me he's playing four-dimensional chess. First of all, I invented the term three-dimensional chess. Stop throwing it back at me like dumb, it, dumb idiots. Stop being cartoon characters. He's not playing four-dimensional chess. He made a mistake. Trump shot back at his critics on Twitter by defending his position while promising that, quote, listen to this now, if Turkey does anything that I and my great and unmatched wisdom consider to be off limits, I don't know if, if Limbaugh wrote this or him, when I hear great and unmatched wisdom, it sounds like the blowhard. If Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, a president shouldn't say that, especially when life and death is at stake. Why is he saying that? Is he even tweeting this stuff? I'm starting to wonder who's tweeting this for him. He says, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. Again? So now he's threatening Turkey now? Do you realize the Turkish military is one of the largest in the world? 
Well, in any case, Pat Robertson, whether you know it or not, is one of the most important leaders of the evangelical movements that uh, exist in this country. And Robertson said he was absolutely appalled by the pullout. And he warned that Turkish President Erdogan is a thug and a dictator. He went on on the 700 Club to say, to say he's an ally of America is nonsense. He's in it for himself. The president who allowed Jamal Khashoggi to be cut in pieces without any repercussions whatsoever is now allowing the Christians and the Kurds to be massacred by the Turks. Wow. Robertson concluded by saying the president of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. Now, many of you are cynical and you think the words mandate of heaven have no meaning. What you don't know is that to a good percentage of Americans, and I mean a large percentage of Americans who believe in God, they believe in heaven and they believe in hell. This is very serious stuff. And so I have questions, I have comments. My position is by releasing 10,000 ISIS murderers and rapists, they will be unleashed upon the Kurds. And I put this up on Twitter in the following order, and I want to read this to you. You can, you can call if you want. We'll see where it goes. But let me start with what I tweeted last night. Monday radio show guest Jeff Rovin, co-author of Tom Clancy novels, What is Fiction, What is Reality? The fake Ukraine impeachment story, a comic book fable, where it goes from here. I called Jeff yesterday while I was on my bicycle in New York. I said, Jeff, this is going to take a fiction author to figure this one out. Where does it go from here? And he said, remember what the CIA did to JFK. And then he said, remember what the CIA did to LBJ when he wanted to withdraw from uh, Vietnam. He kept the war going even though he wanted to pull out because he didn't want to happen to him what happened to JFK. That's what he said to me on the phone. And I don't think I'm, I'm violating any trust here. I'm giving you a, a viewpoint from a fiction writer because what we are living through now borderlines fiction, reality, reality, fiction. Many people don't know what to believe anymore. When you have a fraud like Schiff, and Schiff is a construct, a complete fraud. When you have Schiff creating a complete fraud against Trump with two fake CIA whistleblowers, you realize that we're now in the movies. We're now in a comic book altogether. Where that one ends, I don't know. So then this morning, three hours ago, when I saw he was going to pull out of Syria, abruptly now, abruptly, not slowly, not uh, intelligently, but abruptly, Here's what I tweeted. Tell me if you agree. Trump makes disastrous mistake. Pulling out of Syria will result in 10,000 ISIS murderers freed. Kurds will be slaughtered by them and Turks. And then, I uh, two hours ago, put this up. And while news of the U.S. pullout stunned Syrian Kurds, the announcement also completely blindsided top brass of the Pentagon, U.S. officials told Fox News. So people started attacking me because they don't understand the issue. They're just uh, two-dimensional, not four-dimensional chess players. In fact, they're not even checkers players, most people on Twitter. They're simply cartoon characters. And so I had to answer them by saying the following. Abruptly abandoning allies is not wise foreign policy. The Savage Nation is live, 855-407-282. If you're listening on the stream anywhere in the world, you can still call the same number to chime in on the serial withdrawal, 855-400-SAVAGE. Uh, I also want to mention many people have been asking about what I posted on uh, Friday, October 5th, when I said life as a conservative in San Francisco, an evening with Michael Savage will be available via digital download on michaelsavage.com, Twitter, and Facebook. It will be up around November 1 after the event. 
and many people are very interested to see what will be going on in that room. Uh, abruptly abandoning allies is not wise foreign policy. Do you think this has anything to do with the impeachment pressure on the president? Is impeachment driving this abrupt decision to pull out of Syria, especially at this time? And do you think Trump will resign, be removed from office, or stay strong and stay in the office? What do you think? Do you think they're going to finally force him out? Do you think they will remove him? Do you think he'll just say, go to hell and stay there? Have you ever dreamed of writing and publishing a book? Huh? Because you're going to have a great, well-known author on this show very shortly to tell you what it's like and what your chances are of doing so. I've come to understand, by the way, on another note, that talk radio is very much like a comic book. Comic book. I was riding my bike this morning, and I was thinking about comic books. And the reason I'm thinking about comic books is because one of the lawyers for the so-called whistleblower, who I'm not so sure exists, one of the lawyers, Mr. Zaid, I look at his background, is a CIA officer turned lawyer who grew up in Flushing, Queens, as I did. We didn't know each other unless he went to school. I don't know. Much younger than me. But he read comic books. He was a comic book fanatic. So it got me thinking on my bicycle. Much of what we're seeing here is like a comic book. And then I said, wait a minute. Hold on. Back up, Michael. Talk radio is very much like a comic book. And when you think about it, the storyline is laid down. The liberals are, are on one side. The conservatives are on another. Everyone thinks they're wearing a white hat. No one thinks they're wearing a black hat. Both sides think they're heroic and patriotic. Both sides say, no, we're the real patriots. They're not. And then I said, wait a minute. If you listen to talk radio, it's like a comic book. Biff, bam, boom. Superman comes out. He punches the villain in the face. Biff. The villain gets up. He hits him again. Bam. The villain flies to the sky and drops down to the earth. But the hero Superman punches him again. Boom. And the villain is down for good. Cheers from the audience. Turn the page. Are we all seven years old or five years old? Do you understand that there are consequences to policies? Do you understand that saying I'm pulling troops out of Syria without concurrence of the Pentagon, without a plan? Do you remember we talked about this with Obama, the abrupt withdrawal? Do you remember that, how we criticized him? Right, Robert? Remember that? That he shouldn't have pulled out so quickly? He should have left a rear guard to protect our allies before withdrawing so abruptly? And we, we criticized Obama about that over and over and over again? Don't you remember that? You can't live in a comic book reality. People are going to live and die. Do you understand that? People are going to live and die. Now, I read the crap that people put on Twitter, and I get really angry, and I see things that uh, are inhuman. And I say to them, have you ever met a Kurdish person? Have you ever talked to a Kurdish person? Do you know who the Kurdish people are? Are you so quick to say, let them fight their own battles all of a sudden? Have you? Do you know who the Kurds really are? Why do you want to throw them to the wolves? Remember what the Turks did to the Christians in the past. Remember what the Turks did to the Greek Christians in the past. Remember how the Turks slaughtered everyone in their, in their, in their sites. Men, women, and children were locked in churches, and the churches were set on fire. You say, well, that was during another time in history. It couldn't happen now. Oh, really? It can't happen here? I would argue to the contrary. It will happen here. I'll be right back. Michael Savage, a host like no other. 
Are you looking for a new way to start the day? How about daily prayer? 48% of Americans say they pray every day. Did you know daily prayer can help you reduce stress, anxiety, and depression? Daily prayer improves your cognitive function, lowers blood pressure, and helps with better decision-making. When we have a strong daily and nightly prayer routine, we're more grateful throughout our days and are more relaxed and sleep better throughout the night. Both anxiety and sleep deficiency can do serious damage to your brain and your body. High stress and lack of sleep make you more prone to accidents, weight gain, and depression. With Pray.com, you'll discover a new daily and nightly prayer routine, as well as inspirational Bible stories designed to strengthen your faith, lift your spirit. Pray.com gives you motivational daily prayer plans, private and inclusive prayer communities, and relaxing bedtime Bible stories that will help you fall asleep. Hear the Bible come to life through stories like Adam and Eve, Noah and the Ark, and the Ten Commandments as a part of your daily prayer routine on Pray.com. Use Pray.com to build a healthy habit of prayer, gain wisdom from the Bible, and fall asleep to bedtime Bible stories. Now, right now, my listeners get 60% off a Pray.com premium subscription by downloading the Pray.com app at Pray.com slash Savage Nation. You got it? Get it. P-R-A-Y.com slash Savage Nation. P-R-A-Y.com slash Savage Nation. Over 50 million prayers have been created on Pray.com. Why don't you find out why at Pray.com slash Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We're not talking about war and peace now. We're talking about life and death now. It's much different than this intellectual discussion uh, of impeachment, which may have life and death implications way downstream. But an abrupt decision made in, a, in an emotional manner overnight, it seems to me, almost abruptly, God knows who motivated this. Who told Trump to suddenly announce on a Monday morning in the middle of all of this impeachment crap, pull troops out of uh, Syria and your ratings will go up? Why, why would he do that? Does anyone listening to the show have any idea why he would do that now? Let's say it's a good idea to pull the troops out. Let's all agree it's a good thing to get out of the Middle East. Okay. But you don't pull troops out abruptly, number one. And number two, you do it carefully. You do it in discussion with your allies. You do it in discussion with the military uh, before you do it. And you certainly do it in a manner that protects your allies. You don't just leave. You don't just leave. Isn't that what we said about Obama? Didn't we criticize Obama for this herky-jerky kind of decision-making? And I'm trying to figure out who advised the president that this would help him. Politically, he only did this for a political reason. I mean, please, let's not elevate this to another level. He's fighting for his survival. We all support him in his survival. We want to see his enemies vanquished. We want to see them destroyed. However, that does not mean that every decision he's going to make along the way is a correct one. In fact, this is an incorrect one. He has already lost to evangelicals in the form of Pat Robertson. Don't dismiss that. They're extremely influential. They're concerned that there'll be a massive slaughter of Christians and Kurds. And what are we going to do then? Who are we going to blame? Obama? Who are you going to blame? Bush? Obama? Colin Powell? I mean, at a certain point, the buck stops here. This is a mistake. And he's already backed up on it. And he's trying to qualify it in a certain way. But I'm trying to figure this out. Who in his inner circle would have advised this? Let's see. There's no national security advisor. 
Uh, Bolton is gone. Bolton wouldn't have permitted this. Bolton would have argued against it. In fact, this could be why Bolton was thrown out for all I know. So let's say whoever's sitting in there was a former deputy of Bolton who's a patsy and will do whatever Trump wants. So there's no opposition coming from the NSA. So where is it coming from? Who made this decision? I don't know. I can't figure it out. This this makes no sense to me. Normally, I can figure things out. And normally, I can figure them out and they make sense. And then time proves that I'm correct. Rarely have have I ever been wrong on international uh, politics. Almost never wrong in my whole quarter of a century career. Tell me exactly who you think is doing this. Okay? That's what I'd like to know. What do you think about this? Moish on line one. Make it fast, please. Time is short. Go ahead. Uh, yes, Dr. Savage. I thought you were against the, the walrus and his warmongering, and he, you were advising him to pull out of the Syria. And um, but you're, not, you're not hearing uh, me. Uh, you're not, you didn't hear a word I just said. If you're going to pull your troops out of Syria, you don't do it abruptly without any announcement and leave your allies hanging, do you? Um, let me tell you, uh, I can give you some factual uh, uh, things that it's not in the media. Turkey has about 80,000 troops ready to go to, today. And they, they gave them a month uh, to think about this. And the, 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 the allies that we have, in, and those are the ones called Kurds, they're actually PKK, which is a Marxist-Leninist organization. Well, now you're putting them into a non-human category, and I won't accept that. Have you ever talked to a Kurdish person, or you're just using cartoon comic book statements? Now, they're, they're all communists. Have you ever met a Kurdish person? I have. Have you ever talked to a Kurdish person? I have. Do you know any Kurdish people? I, I do. Cabinet is Kurdish. So you're putting all, everything... Wait, wait, what? I'm sorry, sir. I didn't hear the last statement. What is Kurdish? Half, half of the Kurdish, I mean, Turkish cabinet, the Erdogan's cabinet, is ethnic Kurdish. Well, so what? So they're traitors to their own people. Well, no, no. I, what I'm saying is, you're you're putting, you're making a, a, a terrorist organization equal all the Kurds. They don't. Have- well, now all of a sudden you're making all Kurds a terrorist organization. That's what you're doing in order to justify their slaughter. You're now saying they're all Marxists and they should be killed. Uh, last month they were our greatest friends. So which way is it? Are they loyal friends of America or are they all Marxist terrorists? See, I don't buy it. There are human beings involved here. We cannot let the Turks slaughter them. Period. End of story. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Only it's not going to be our helicopters going into Vietnam. It's going to be Turkish helicopters going into northern Syria, killing our friends, the Kurds. This is the greatest blunder of the Trump administration's entire history. Write it down. This will be, unless he backs up on this and says on further consideration, we're going to we're going to delay the withdrawal. Unless he does that, there will be a massive slaughter of Kurds and Christians. By the way, that's my opinion. Joining us right now, Jeff Rovin on the Savage Nation. Jeff needs no introduction because I have introduced him already. Jeff, why don't you tell the audience first? who you are in your own words i know you don't want to do it you're a shy guy not like me <laughs> i've been a writer since uh, since i was 19 and uh written uh biographies and uh many best-selling novels uh, about 170 books in all now you 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 co-authored many of the uh, clancy novels correct and you you get credit for that right your name is on the cover yeah i was uh clancy's first acknowledged ghostwriter uh i wrote 
uh, Up Center series, and uh, they'll do the latest one was Sting of the Wasp, came out in May. Um, now, why, yesterday I was on my bicycle. It was a beautiful sunny day in the Bay Area. I called you, and I said, Jeff, we haven't talked in months, but I'm, I'm having to talk to you as a fiction writer about what's going on with this impeachment stuff. I said, this reads like a comic book, doesn't it? And we had a wonderful conversation. Two CIA uh, analysts become lawyers. Now they're representing the so-called whistleblowers. If you try to sell a novel with this plot, would it be accepted today? It wouldn't be accepted today because the thing that you have to do today as a, a thriller novelist is to stay ahead of events. Um, now, if I, if I were telling this story, it would be uh, more of, uh, let's say you have a Speaker of the House who wants to become president, and there are two people in the way of that. Uh, how do you get rid of them? Uh, but that would be the ultimate deal. That so, in other words, my theory last week that Pelosi is trying to conduct a coup by knocking out Trump and Pence is how, is how the book would, would read. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one approach. I mean, there are many approaches you can take to fiction. I mean, if, if H.G. Wells were writing this, you know, uh, which he basically did in 1933 with The Shape of Things to Come, which ended with a chapter called The Modern State in Control of Life by 2059, Jeff, you're breaking up. I'm, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're breaking up every other word. Are you on a, on a landline? Yeah. Okay, let's try it again, but let's, something's wrong, but let's try. I can't hear half your words. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm not meaning to interrupt the flow, but I couldn't understand you. We're talking about Trump now pulling troops out from northern Syria, Jeff. What do you think about that? I think it's a disaster. Well, if don't approach it from a political point of view, but from a novelistic point of view, it's a plot twist, you know, uh, sort of thing that is rolled out like a novel. You end a chapter with, uh, there was a second whistleblower, and suddenly Turkey invaded Syria, just to make sure the readers keep reading. I'm sorry, you're fading, and my board operator's asleep eating a sandwich right now. Something is wrong. Uh, Jeff, let's try it again. Pat Robertson has just warned Trump about not pulling out because he's afraid that they will kill the Christians and the Kurds. What do you think? Well, these things are always a possibility, and nobody can predict the way events are going to go, so I wouldn't, wouldn't hazard a guess. Um, you know, we don't have information. So while I share some of your concerns, we have to wait and see how, how it evolves. All right, let's go back to you and I. You collaborated with me on A Time for War, one of the Jack Hatfield novels. And you said that a novel has to be ahead of the news, right? That's what you said yesterday? Yeah, and I just said it again when I broke up, but yeah. All right, in A Time for War, uh, the novel, I talked about EMP blasts that were not well known at the time. Isn't that correct? Yeah, we had China launching electromagnetic pulses against American technology. How far ahead of everyone was this book? That book was well ahead of, uh, of current events. I think that was 2018, so um, the world has not yet... Talk about China launching an EMP, knocking down um, a helicopter in Afghanistan. Then we had an EMP blast attacking a, a San Francisco Police Department car that's chasing Chinese spies in San Francisco. Suddenly the car comes to a halt. When this book was published in 2013, this was pure fiction, correct? Yeah, well, that's what we try to do. That's what all of the best techno thrillers or science fiction should be doing. So if we were to now project ahead 
and you and I are writing a novel about what's going on with the uh, Pelosi coup against Trump. Where does this go? You mentioned something yesterday to me that alarmed me. You talked about JFK getting assassinated by the CIA, and then you talked about uh, Johnson doing something against his own will with withdrawing troops from uh, Nam. Would you tell us about that, please? Yeah, well, what you and I had discussed was that the CIA had scouted, possibly supported the assassination of South Vietnam's altering leader, Diem. Uh, JFK was thinking of pulling out because the National Mission Front in North Vietnam was pulling in all kinds of tears. Um, three weeks after Diem was JFK was So if you're Lyndon Johnson, you're the new president, you take a look at those two deaths, you're going to stay the course. You're not going to do anything to uh, rattle anybody. I think that uh, what's going to happen then? You think Trump's afraid of something horrible happening? No, I don't necessarily that uh, in, a, in a climate everybody is watched 24-7, that sort of thing would be more difficult to pull off now. I think of much more concern is a, is a kind of a pullback. Uh, we're, we're looking at a, um, if not coordinated, concomitant attack on the pillars of our society, which would be due process, uh, police, uh, and God, for that matter. Uh, if, if this were an H.G. Wells novel, as saying earlier, uh, civilization would collapse by the second chapter. And I think that's the larger concern that I have of this entire matter. Well, where do you think this goes? Tell me how this impeachment co- comic book goes. Where does it go? Well, if you, if you follow the news, obviously it doesn't go past the Senate. The, the idea is to stabilize trust and to generate fear. Look, we're looking at hyperbolic comment in the so-called news. They're using nightmare scenario and uh, urgent and clear and danger. It's sort of like the, the weather casters tell us about Category 5 hurricane, and by the time it um, makes landfall, it's a tropical storm. People... All right, we're going to take a quick break, Jeff, because your phone isn't... Something's wrong. I'm missing the beginning of every word, and my staff is not catching this. We'll be right back with Jeff Rovin on the Savage Nation. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, the Savage Nation. Let's go back to Jeff Rovin, best-selling novelist and uh, otherwise far-seeing futurist. Jeff, welcome back to the Savage Nation. Is this a better connection? And uh, now that we are on our third telephone, hopefully things will work. Well, let's try it again. How does this impeachment fiction end, in your opinion? It ends with the bad guys and the demagogues losing. It has always been thus, and it will always be thus. You cannot find a time in history when it didn't work that way. Well, Clinton was impeached. Did the bad guys lose? Well, you know, it, it depends on, of course, who's telling the story. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like mutiny on the bounty. If, if you look at the, uh, the media versions of it, Captain Bly was an insufferable tyrant and the crew were all stalwart, heroic men. Uh, but in history, uh, you know, that was not the case. So it takes some time for us to be able to see who the bad guys were and who the good guys are. But you know what? Again, it sorts itself out. Okay, my my opinion is that Pelosi is as evil as they come. 
Pelosi wants to pull off a coup. I said it last Wednesday when they were trying to line up Pence and linking him to Trump on the Ukraine call. They wanted to de- decapitate the president, vice president, so she as number three would take over the government. Is that a plausible theory in her head? Absolutely. Well, I can't say what's in her head, but it's certainly a plausible theory because, again, as I said earlier, and this might have gotten lost in static, was that the, the pillars of our society, which is due process, which began with the uh, uh, attacks on uh, Justice Kavanaugh, um, the due process, uh, the police, and God are all under attack concomitantly, if not in a coordinated way. And when you have that going on, we've, we've never seen anything at that level, which is why I referenced H.G. Wells and his apocalyptic visions. Because mm. We could very well be looking at something along those lines. Well, when I see what they did to Kavanaugh and how the exact same scenario is being used by these evil demagogues, what I'm worried about is it's not just the president, which would be bad enough, but it means that all jurisprudence goes out the window. Anyone could be accused at any time by anyone and not have a chance to uh, cross-examine the accuser. How is that even possible? Well, we wrote about it in Stop Mass Hysteria when we talked about the witch hunts. When you had when you had anybody able to accuse anyone and there was no due process, for God's sake, the, the women were often led into the courtrooms backwards so that they, they couldn't transfix the judge and bewitch him with their gaze. But a lot of these... <laughs> were wrongly, of course, well, they were all wrongly accused, but one, if you remember, Alsa Young was a landowner and somebody wanted her property, and so she was accused of being a witch, and then people refused to stand up for her because they would be accused of being a witch, and pretty soon you've got the 1933 in Nazi Germany. So, yeah, this has to be stood up to and, uh, and on shows like this and combated. Well, Schiff uh, to me is a stooge. Pelosi is the godfatheress. She is actually pulling the strings. Would you agree with that? Or people behind her are trying to conduct this coup and knock out Pence and Trump? You know, it's tough to say because um, she's she's generally pretty politically savvy, but I don't think she could have anticipated the rise of the left and the the Twitterverse and AOC and all of that. And she certainly would have been aware of Jerry Nadler and, and Schiff and their obsession and given that some free reign to do what they had to do. But now she has jumped in with both feet. So uh, I, I subscribe to your theory somewhat. Somewhat, but you're not sure she's really the villain here. Well, she may be she may be a figurehead. She certainly has, as we've just said, something to benefit from all of this. Um, but now, it's can diff- you imagine an eighty year an eighty year old demagogue like her as president? What would happen? What would happen if they actually do decapitate Trump and Pence? Let's write a, a novel together here for a minute or two. Okay, this old Harridan takes over the country. What happens in this country? those what-if conversations before, you know, she she rules for a year when she's got a Democratic Congress, a Democratic House of Representatives, and undoes a lot of what Trump has done and passes the baton to Elizabeth Warren who, or whoever is next, because the Republicans would be in chaos. Um, so if we were telling this story, we would have to take it from the point of view of a small town and how it affects some local politician, uh, maybe in a Frank Capra-esque or Preston Sturgis way, gets tapped to be the new figurehead GOP candidate and uh, and ends up winning. I don't know. There are a lot of ways it can go, uh, but none of them is a healthy way. At the- well, let me, but here's what I was getting at, Jeff, and we're both visionaries in our own way. If Pelosi were to pull off this coup, 
and take out Trump and Pence, as far-fetched as that may sound, and this Harrodin takes over this country, would there be a revolution? Do you think there'd be a revolt against it? I don't think that there would be an armed revolt. I mean, I've, I've contemplated scenarios where there would be a civil war or a second civil war. But don't forget, this still has to go through the Senate. What they're looking to do is damage the president. Whatever your affiliation or beliefs are, they're looking to damage a sitting president. Um, and uh, unless enough Republican senators come over, uh, it's never going to happen, uh, removal from office. All right. We'll, go, we'll come back in a minute. We're taking our hourly break now on the Savage Nation. If you missed any of this, it'll be on the podcast later. In the next hour, we will have President Trump live from the White House across the world. And then we'll go back to Jeff Rovin if he's available somewhere after that press conference. Be here or be nowhere. Thanks, Jeff. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book, see the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, it's happened. We've got breaking news. Put aside everything because Turkey, which is a radical Muslim nation, has unleashed its air force against Kurdish targets in northern northeastern Syria, according to the Syrian Arab news agency, Sana, And this followed Trump's abrupt announcement not to intervene if such an invasion were to occur. This is a tumultuous day in Washington and the world after President Donald Trump abruptly ordered a withdrawal of American forces from Syria, acquiescing to his Turkish counterpart's request on Sunday. Now, this directive to withdraw our troops drew ferocious criticism from Democrats and Republicans alike. Close ally of Trump, Senator Lindsey Graham, attacked the decision. He's 100 percent right. The Pentagon also warned that the U.S. does not endorse a Turkish operation in northern Syria. Uh, And I will tell you that we have no more loyal allies than the Kurdish people yet. Uh, Turkish President Erdogan, as you well know, has been taken over by the radical wing of the Muslim world or the radical elements of the Muslim world are now running Turkey and they are now attacking our former allies of Saturday. Our allies as of Saturday are now being bombed into eternity eternity uh, by the Turkish Air Force. This is a terrible, terrible day. It's very hard for most people to follow. But if you care to comment on us abruptly abandoning our allies, if you think that's wise foreign policy, I pity you. It's one thing to say we should withdraw from the area, which I agree with. We should get out of there, but not overnight, not without leaving a rear guard to defend our Kurdish allies. This is a disaster all around. And I don't understand. Maybe you do, my listeners. Maybe you do understand something I don't understand. Who is it who would have advised Trump to abruptly order troops to withdraw from Syria. Who would have advised that? 
How does he win from this? Who is he appeasing by doing this? I don't understand. Maybe you do. Michael in the San Francisco line, too. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Yes, uh, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. I'll be brief. Um, uh, my father is Turkish. He died there in the 90s, and I had to go back and forth over the last 20 years. My last trip was the end of 2017. And I want to say two things. One, Erdogan is the problem. Erdogan is not a, a good guy. Okay? He's a junior dictator at, at least. And he's he on the spectrum of moderate to uh, extreme Muslim Islam. He leans on the extreme side. So that's number one. And number two, when I was there, I was I was wrapping up a um, business with my father, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail because I'm actually I would be concerned for my family over there. Um, I, well, well, uh, let me back up, Michael. Are you of Turkish? origin is that what you're saying you're turkish i'm half turkish my father came here from turkey from he was born in istanbul so anyway what i was gonna say is so uh he died there i mean he lived here he worked for the city of san francisco actually for 40 years he went to uc berkeley but anyway huh. to get to the point he went back there and died in the 90s and i've been cleaning up this mess for the last 20 years and i work with a professional that's all i want to say about him but when i went there last in october i brought him a book that i like from a conservative author and I was with my this professional in Istanbul, and I gave it to him. He's a great guy. And I said, hey, you know the author? And I went to the website, and I couldn't get there. And then I went to some other websites, conservative websites, more leaning on the business side. I couldn't get to them. It's amazing. All the, your, I can guarantee you, Michael, your website is blocked in, in Turkey. And this, yeah, no, I, I, would, I would know. I know it's a, it's a dictatorship. We know that. Uh, but and, and what, what do you what do you is, think is going to happen? We already saw this afternoon the Turks have started bombing the Kurdish positions immediately. And you know, I want to say one more thing to you, Michael. Uh, I've listened to you a long time, and sometimes I don't agree with you. Sometimes I do. But from time to time, you have what I call moments of genius. And I'm not a bootlicker. And today, what you're doing with this Turkey topic, thank you because you're you're 100 percent spot on. Erdogan is not a good guy. He can't. If you were to see the responses I'm getting on my Twitter feed from no nothings, saying things that are so embarrassing for Americans, it's hard. It's heartbreaking to see how cruel people can be. Saying that the Kurds are not humans; they're all Marxist revolutionaries. They deserve to be killed. Can you, can you believe? Can you believe these kinds of statements on Twitter from people who pretend to be MAGAites? know what they're talking about you do i mean you're 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 spot on well i'll tell you why i do because i always put i always put my humanity in front of my decision making and i put myself in 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 the boots of the kurdish people who will now be decimated by the by the turks and what about the christians what do you think the turks are going to do to the christians in northern syria um i i really don't know but i do know um I wanted to say one more thing. Uh, you know, the founder of, of modern-day Turkey was uh, Mustafa Kemal, uh, yes. otherwise known as Ataturk. And, to, you know, I think you appreciate what I'm going to say, is that the beauty of our country, what's allowed the United States to survive so long as a preeminent nation, is this checks and balances that were put into our Constitution. Ataturk did the same thing in Turkey, but, but the, it was done kind of weird. The check was between the military and the political class. And he secularized, this was after World War I, he secularized uh, the military, and he put them in as a watchguard on the political class if they got too religious extremists. He secularized the nation. And Am I correct in saying that Turkey was one of the first nations to permit women the right to vote, give women the right to vote? That's right. People don't know that. 
Turkey, no, was, well, Turkey was one of the most I'll advanced you, nations you know, in the world with regard to things of that nature. They don't even people don't know the first thing about Turkey. A very complex Byzantine nation, to use a phrase that certainly applies to a Byzantine nation. What about the Jewish community in Turkey? Do you know anything about that that community, Michael? And a good friend of Israel. But since Erdogan took power, we're in big trouble over there. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. All right, I hear you. You want to get off the line before the CIA or the uh, Turkish equivalent uh, taps into your phone. I get it. My friends, what do you think about the attack on the Kurds occurring right now because Trump abruptly woke up and decided to say he's pulling the troops out. Tell me what you think about that. How could you not have an opinion on this? You have opinions on everything else. Trump makes an abrupt decision to withdraw troops from northern Syria this morning. Didn't tell anyone about it in advance. And all of a sudden, the Turkish Air Force launches an offensive attack against Kurdish targets in northern Syria. The Kurds are human beings. They are bleeding. They are dying. They're screaming for our help. They don't understand how this big brother of theirs can suddenly walk away and let them be eaten alive by the bad wolf uh, called Turkey. Doesn't this affect you? Don't you understand what the hell I'm talking about? I don't know. Maybe I'm a man alone. But if that's the way it is, I'll walk alone. Steve in San Francisco, line three. What are you feeling today seeing this go on? Oh, Michael, my head is spinning, and I'm one of the few people in Silicon Valley that's a Trump supporter. And I was in Istanbul a year ago before the election, and I asked my cabbie, hey, what do you think Erdogan? He looked at me, and he goes, he's a Nazi. I go, whoa, better keep that under your hat. No, I think the Kurds were an ally, what we're doing. My head is spinning on this one. And I and I don't know quite what we should do other than I. I think Why do you think Trump so abruptly made this decision without any discussion or pre-warning? Why Why do you think he did this? I don't know, Michael. And that's a great question, because like you said, in that part of the world, Israel and the Kurds are our strongest ally. And I'll tell you something. The biggest cathedral in the east was in Istanbul. They made it a mosque. Yes, well, of course, we know that, right? I want to do the same with the Christians. Yes, the biggest cathedral in the West was the Grand Cathedral of Istanbul, which was uh, ravaged by the Muslims during their invasion, and it was turned into the largest mosque in the area. Uh, This is just the beginning of a massive slaughter that's going to occur, and we do not understand why Trump would have done a thing like this. Can anyone listening to this show please call the Savage Nation now and tell me what Trump gained by doing this? Because I don't. Where's the net gain? That's what I want to know. Let's say from the point of view of impeachment and the Democrats are, are ripping him to shreds, attacking him every day. The vermin in the media are ripping him. Why would he do this? Does anyone out there have a reason for this? And I thank you for that call. Can anyone listening to the show call this program and tell me what the reasoning is? What does excuse me? What does Trump gain by this? What does Trump gain by doing this? What is the net political gain of withdrawing from northern Syria and permitting the Turkish Air Force to kill uh, Kurdish uh, individuals? Tell me how we gain by this. I don't understand it. Who is going to back Trump now who didn't back him? What, the liberals are going to love him now? They're attacking him as well. They're never going to love him. I don't understand this. Can anyone explain it to me? I normally can understand these things. I can't understand this one. Florida, guy on line one, you're on the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Uh, thank you, Dr. Savage, for taking my call. Uh, I'll be right to the point. This weekend, there was an agreement between the Greek government and uh, the United States 
to uh, implement a lot of money going into Greece. Uh, and the Turks, as you well know, have threatened to uh, unleash the floodgates uh, for more Muslims to come into to, uh, Europe. And the passageway is uh, Greece. So uh, there are some backroom deals. This is what I believe. There are some backroom deals going on. And uh, now you'll see the, the flow of Muslims into Europe stop. And the uh, Turks, who will invade uh, the Kurds and take over the land there, will um, replace all the refugees in Turkey into that location. Now, I'm Greek-American. I'm not pro-Turkish, but uh, that's, that's what I think. Wow, happened. that's a very interesting analysis. Uh, and you may, you may be on to the truth here. So uh, it's a very hard uh, scenario to follow in the midst of all this impeachment drama. But um, how does that Im- impact Trump's impeachment drama? Why would he do it now? Well, uh, I think Trump is going to get a lot of allies from Europe, um, you know, because they just can't handle the, uh, the influx of uh, refugees. So going. let me back it up. So in other words, Trump says we're not backing the Kurds. We're pulling the troops out. Erdogan immediately attacks the Kurdish positions with the Air Force uh, an hour ago. Yes. What happens when the Kurds are subdued and we see the bloodshed and the killing of the Kurds? Oh, tr- uh, Turkey agrees to now suddenly repatriate all of the Syrian refugees back into the northern territories. Is that it? Yes, sir. And number two, to stop flooding Europe with uh, Muslim refugees into Europe. That's number two. Correct. So how does Trump win? What does he gain by this? Well, uh, first of all, you know, he, he's going to avoid a war between Greece and Turkey. Uh, the Greeks were at their wit's end. They were calling up the Navy, and, you know, they're going to be like the Italians. They're going to try to stop all the, the boats come through, you know, which, you know, the, the, the leftists will... You no, know, I can appreciate all of the refugee the civil war in Greece, basically. I can appreciate all of the refugee crisis aspects of what we are discussing. But for the life of me, as a man who runs a forum called the Savage Nation, where I'm counted upon to try to make sense out of uh, crazy nonsense and as a man who supports trump 100 percent, how does he gain from this politically i still don't understand it on a domestic level who does he gain domestically by stabbing our ally the kurds in the back in plain english uh, that that's yet to be determined um but i think your original question was why why he abruptly yeah okay so you're saying the deal between greece the Greek deal is the the Greek connection is the is the issue here. The Greek connection, Greek and and and, and the European connection, right? As you know, there were there were um, riots this last weekend uh, by by the uh, refugees burning down, you know, basically what they had in Greece. And uh, Pompeo was just in Greece this weekend signing uh, military. Okay, for so he Pompeo came back with the Greek uh, um, peace deal, so to speak, or the Greek agreement. And they they decide to throw the Kurds to the wolves. They're of no importance. Put it this way, sir. Uh, so the the Kurds, in other words, are people without a nation, and they have no value whatsoever to this country anymore. So let them all die. Is that it? Let them all die now that we've used them. To, to you know, a NATO ally, Greece, or uh, you know, throw. You know, this is heartbreaking to me because I, I I mean, these are human beings that are going to be decimated, and destroyed, and killed, and we're throwing an ally to the wolves. It's shocking. If what if Obama had done a thing like this, what would people be saying who support Tr- Obama? Great points, Doctor Savage. You know that. What if Obama? You woke up today and Obama was president. God forbid, and he said we're now abandoning the Kurds, and we don't care what Turkey does to them. Tell me what you'd be saying about Obama. Back in a minute. 
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. All right, look, now we have more breaking news. So Trump abruptly says he is withdrawing American troops from northern Syria, exposing the Kurds to slaughter by the Turks. Uh, the Turks start bombing. Hours after announcing this, the Turks start bombing with their jets, U.S. jets, by the way, uh, U.S. manufacturers. They start bombing the Kurds. What happens next? Trump threatens to destroy Turkey economically. As I have stated, I'm going to read now. As I have stated strongly before, and just to reiterate, if Turkey does anything that I and my great and unmatched wisdom, which is shocking, by the way, consider to be off limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey I've done before, the president tweeted. They must, with Europe and others, watch over the captured ISIS fighters and families. Uh, So now he's going to go to war with Turkey. Is it economic? Is it uh, militarily? Are we now going to be drawn into a war with Turkey because of this abrupt decision? Hasn't anyone played this game out? Hasn't anyone sat down with the president and said, now, wait a minute, if we withdraw and Turkey attacks the Kurds, you're going to have to stop the Turks. How are you going to do that, Mr. President? Has anyone thought this through? Trevor in Connecticut, what do you think? Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Uh, thanks for having me, Dr. Savage. Uh, I don't agree with everything you say, but I agree with you all the way today. And the other thing, you got to remember, the Turks bought some military weapons from the Russians a couple months ago. They killed this guy, Khashoggi, in the, um, in, in the embassy last year. I don't know what's going on. It's scary. And I just wanted to let you know, uh, I think you're spot on today, like your last call I told you. All right. You disagree with me a lot of times, but today we're on we're in agreement. That That's what makes for politics. But um, I am not um, 100% one way or the other. I, I, I'm 100% on the... Let's say this. I'm 100% in tune with what is right for America. And what is right for America is right for humanity. Never forget that. If we cease representing what is right for humanity, then America has ceased to have any value whatsoever. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Listen, they've been fighting with the PKK for many years. They're natural enemies. Have you read today a couple of reports saying that when President Obama started this whole thing, as you know, it was started by President Obama. He created a natural war with Turkey and their their longtime enemy, PKK. And they're still there and they're still hating each other beyond anybody's belief. But I, uh, I have told Turkey that if they do anything outside of what we would think is humane, to use the word a second time, we talk about Hong Kong, we talk about this, uh, they could suffer the wrath of a, an extremely decimated economy. And I've done it once. I did it with Pastor Brunson. You remember the Pastor Brunson? And I'm getting they wouldn't give Pastor Brunson back, and they ended up giving Pastor Brunson back. This is not good for my head. It's not good for my soul. It means that these decisions are being made on the spur of the moment without any thought about what's going to happen next. Just lurch here, lurch there, withdraw. Oh, you do something we don't like, Mr. Turkey will decimate you. Now, I just got an email from Jeff, who was on the show earlier, Jeff Rovin. He said, what if the president got word that Turkey was going to invade anyway in 12 hours? 
So they would have killed all of our troops on the site. They would have killed our troops in Syria. Now, what would that have done for him politically? Think about that. Maybe Turkey had said, we're going in no matter what you do. So you better get your boys out now because we're going to start bombing. And they started bombing today. So now Trump is saying if Turkey does anything that is not humane, they will suffer economically. Well, he better start. He better start enacting that right now because they're starting. They started the bomb an hour ago. These are very hard times for people who are trying to actually follow the uh, bouncing ball and know the uh, all the pieces of it. But what do you think uh, is going to go on here? Tell us what's going to happen if Turkey escalates their militaristic campaign against the Kurds and the Christians in northern Syria. And, and don't forget that the Kurds are the greatest protectors of the Syrians, uh, the Christians in Syria. They are protected, and so are the Jews, by the way. You wouldn't know that from the ADL. Oh, no, the ADL doesn't know what's going on other than everyone is against them and everyone should be hated. The Jews in Syria are protected by the Kurds, incidentally. This is a very complicated issue. I know it's very easy to come up with a decision. I don't care. It's not our business. Let's get out of there. That is the correct emotion in, 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 in the big sense. And it is smart to get out of there. However, not abruptly. You don't pull out and create a power vacuum and let the, the Muslim enemy rush in. Shall I be a little more clear? You forgot already who Erdogan is, representing one of the largest Muslim nations on earth. And Turkey is no longer the advanced civilized Turkey uh, that we once knew. Turkey has become increasingly radicalized under Erdogan. He had to, you know, let me explain it to you in another way. You notice how Pelosi had a cave into her left wing? Do you notice how Pelosi, who was sort of almost a centrist Democrat for personal and political reasons, had to cave in to the radical fanatics like uh, occasional cortex in that wing of haters, right? That's what made her rush into this impeachment stuff. Erdogan, for a long time, was a balanced leader of Turkey. Great big nation, wonderful nation, very advanced, very cosmopolitan. But ISIS elements within the Turkish government, ISIS elements within the Turkish military, ISIS elements within the Turkish press started pulling him into their direction. So he became more militant. Suddenly, he is a politician, as a Machiavellian politician, also moved into the more extremist element of his more extremist elements of his own coalition. And as a result, now Turkey has moved far away from this cosmopolitan NATO ally of ours, and they become almost indistinguishable in many ways, in many ways, from the more radical elements of the Muslim community. So Trump says, I'm withdrawing troops. Out of nowhere. Let, let's listen in again. Here he is. He's on the on the on that, it now. Uh, because of what I did, uh, they have paid over one hundred billion dollars more money toward NATO defense. But that's still not enough. Okay, it's still not enough. Not fair, because the United States pays far too much relative, and obviously NATO affects them more. But like NATO, like trade with the European Union, which is a very tough group to trade with, very very tough group, almost as tough as Japan, not quite. But they're a very tough group to trade with. They take advantage. All and right, I, I said, look, you take them back. This is crap. I, I don't want to listen to this. The trade issues, they mean nothing to me. Is there another question to do with life and death? Other than who's making money off who? Off whose back? 
So, okay, we're making more money with Japan. They stopped uh, hosing us down to the extent that they were doing. I sit here on San Francisco Bay. I watch the container ships come in from China and Japan. They're loaded with cars. The ship's sitting low in the water, all of the car transporters. And they go back empty to these countries. The ships are sitting high in the water. Do you know what they take back to China and Japan for the last 15 years as a boater? They take back hay. They take back hay and uh, raw metal. All of our scrap metal is still going to China. Did you know that? It's not stopped. I watch the ships go out. I know what's going on. I watch the ships at sea. I see them here. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea. Yeah, I know what's going on. Uh, unlike some in the media, I actually watch what's going on. As I feed the, the, the seagulls on the bay, I watch the ships come in, and I watch the ships go out. Let's listen to them again on the U.S. troops. Let them take care of it. We want to bring our troops back home. It's been many, many years. Good. It's been decades in so many let cases. The, let the Kurds die. We want to bring our troops back home. But and I got elected on that. If you go back and look at our speeches, wait a minute. I would we say know we that, but bring- wait a minute. You don't do it overnight. You don't do it overnight. You make sure your allies are protected when you withdraw or they get destroyed. Do you understand the difference between doing something in an orderly, rational manner and doing something in a catastrophic, emotional manner? If you ran a business this way, you'd be out of business tomorrow. You can't run a business this way. You need to let your allies, your suppliers and such, know what you're going to do and protect them. Or either they'll be destroyed, they'll go out of business, they'll become bankrupt, or they'll never do business with you again. Who is going to be our ally after this? Who is going to be our ally if, they, if they're afraid that the next day they're going to, they're, we're going to abandon them? All right, well, that's my opinion. Something else is going on here, and uh, something big is going on here. Connecticut Kirk seems to see another element. Kirk, what do you see? Michael, hi. Thanks for taking my call. What I see is uh, we have an Air Force base uh, in southern Turkey, right in the Syrian border, Islamic Air Force Base, and I think it's geopolitical. I think uh, Erdogan used that as uh, one of his playing cards, going, "Hey, uh, we're going to get, we're going to kick you guys out uh, if you don't uh, let me do something with the PKK." And as you pointed out, they've been enemies for decades. Uh, there's a lot of uh, dislike of the Turks. Yes, because the Kurdish PKK wants to create a Turkish, a, a Kurdish na- nation, which, by the way, once existed, incidentally, historically once existed in northern Syria. I'm sure you're aware of that, right? Yes, sir. People don't know that there was once a nation called Kurdistan that got carved up by Turkey and by Syria uh, a long time ago. But the Kurds never forgot their national homeland. Right. Right. Okay, so there's there's more elements to this. You know what? I I can't stand seeing people saying the know nothings on Twitter are saying PPK is a Marxist terrorist organization. Well, let me remind you that the original Israel was a Marxist terrorist organization. In case you don't know it, Israel was originally a socialist nation, perhaps not full Marxist, but it was full socialist, and it was a terrorist organization not only to the uh, Arabs around them, but also to fellow Jews who didn't support them. Uh, I've read about the early Ergun. I read about what they did to Jews who didn't go along with them. In other words, their own competitors, they put their fingers in a door, uh, hung them from a doorpost and, and slammed the door in their hands and broke their fingers. I'm giving you a little example. So you say, well, they're terrorists and they're Marxists. Well, so is Israel. It's evolved into another nation. And so would a Kurdish nation nation evolve into another nation. It would not be a Marxist nation for uh, very long. 
And so we have a much more complicated riddle here than uh, we would uh, normally see. It's not good, bad. It's not up, down. It's not black and white. What it is, in my opinion, is what's going to happen if we see a massive genocide against the Kurds? What is going to happen in this country and the world if we see genocide against the Kurdish people? Men, women, and children bombed and destroyed. Tell me what's going to happen. You're going to tell me he did the right thing because he's playing five-dimensional chess? I think you're wrong. Something else is going on. Something we haven't talked about. Something we have not yet talked about. Jeff Rovin writes, we had installed Jupiter nuclear missiles in Turkey adjoining the USSR. Pulling them out very quietly got Russia to back down in Cuba. He's talking about the old Cuba missile crisis. It was not the blockade. Then he said, we have two military bases in Turkey, one co-managed with Turkey. Do you think any move would not have been leaked? Aha. Uh-huh. So something else is at play here. The Kurds are the odd man out. They're just going to have to be written off. That's what we heard. This is what happens with world leaders. You know, the Bible's very clear on this. You know what the Bible says? Never trust a politician. If you read the Hebrew Bible, I don't mean the Christian Bible, it says man should never ever trust a politician only trust in god back in a minute michael savage a host like no other well here we are in a brand new world a new world where trump makes uh, an abrupt announcement we, we are withdrawing our troops this morning we had no advantage yeah he said it for you we're going to get out of there we know that But to all of a sudden say, now we're getting out today, and an hour later, uh, the um, Turks start to bomb the Kurdish positions. That's shocking, isn't it? Or it doesn't bother you at all? Probably most Americans could care less. In the age of the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll and the degenerate sluts from Hollywood, where every day all you got to do is look at them driving a new $3 million car and wearing a brassiere that costs $4 million, and then they make believe they're for global warming and for the poor, It's a world of pus and nausea, a world of pus and nausea seeping out into the mind, not only of America, but the world that most people can't even think anymore, nor do they care. As the ancient Romans said, you know, the ancient historian, they really didn't care about where the legions were. They didn't care whether the legions had a victory in Germania or the legions withdrew from Germania. The ancient Roman people, the average person, meaning you, they cared about the pebble in their shoe which means the price of milk, the price of meat, the price of insurance, the price of gasoline, and whether there is relative peace at home. No one cares about Kurds. The Kurds have been thrown to the wolves. Too bad they were our allies. Too damn bad. That's what they just heard. They've just been told, goodbye, you are very useful for us against ISIS. Now goodbye, you're on your own. And what will tomorrow bring? Can we trust that The Turks will not kick us out of their air bases. We have two air bases there. Two. Two in the region. And what if the Turks decided to throw us out of those air bases? What would we do? Drop a hydrogen bomb on Ankara? Or Istanbul? Bomb the Grand Mosque? Of course not. We'd leave. It's that simple. I think that our empire is overstretched. Can't blame Trump for that. You can't blame Trump for it. Our empire is overstretched. There's just too much to manage and at the same time the president is being attacked from within 
his own party and from within the Democrat Pelosi machine, maybe he made a mistake. You know, there's only so much anybody can take. Maybe he wouldn't have done this if the Democrats had not been ripping him to shreds day and night. I don't know who uh, how he I don't know how he wins by this. I don't know who in the world will support him for this. Who? Well, I know all of you will, because you're saying he's playing five dimensional chess. He knows things I don't know. The true believer will always believe and the true doubter will always doubt. And I, Michael Savage, will have to sort it all out. And if that's not a good enough couplet for you, I'll have more for you tomorrow. Right here on michaelsavage.com. And by the way, if you missed any of this show, it's all on today's podcast, which goes up an hour from now. The whole show. The entire show. This is talk radio at its best. It's the zenith of civilization. Be here or be nowhere. The Westwood One Podcast Network.